Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. It is the day before Thanksgiving in the U.S. It's the 24th of November, 2021. It is a Wednesday. Uh, it is the day before tomorrow uh, and so forth. And it's just total chaos everywhere the day before Thanksgiving and, and so forth. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. If you're listening to this or watching this on uh, on Thanksgiving or during the weekend and Black Friday and all that stuff going on. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. If you're watching this video, please remember to smash a like on this video please remember to subscribe please remember to also share with your social media friends and so cohorts out there uh if you're listening to us give a five-star review uh and also share with your friends this is your manchester united women weekly feature for this week we got two games to discuss and with us we have mark with the manchester united women's supporters club uh from Man manchester himself back with us after a uh after a long period, a long couple of days, uh, a few days for United fans, it's been uh, been a wild roller coaster. Uh, but Mark, thank you for coming back. Um, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm not bad. Thanks for having me back, Keith. <laughs> Great. Great. So um, we won't go into uh, we won't go on, go into the men's side because this is the women's review, because there's much to talk about on that side as well. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the two games uh, that, that have happened since our last time we talked. Uh, first off was the um, was the Conti Cup or Lee Cup group stage match against uh, group leaders at the time. Um a Manchester City, um, and that was a 2-1 win for United in 90 minutes. And this was the first time that United women had beaten City uh, in 90 minutes um, since the, the start of this uh, project that United have been on. Um, your, your, your thoughts in general about the match, you know, 2-1 against uh, your Derby rivals? Yeah, um, I was expecting some changes to the lineup, which we obviously mm -hmm. got. Uh, I thought, you know, City, yeah, obviously they scored very early on. And they, they, I think once they scored early on, they kind of changed tactics a bit. They kind of went to defend the lead instead of trying to attack for more. Uh, but we grew in, in confidence. Mark made a couple of ta uh, tactical changes. He moved players around. And yeah, we, we went in just before the break at one all. And then, in, in, in honesty, in the second half, we we dominated. We dominated it. Um, there were some very good performances from my point of view from the from the team. Um, Vodabel Reese, she got. I, I think the more you play her, the more confidence she gets. And I think she's just getting better and better. And then you have like someone like Carrie Jones, who who we now know has just signed a, a first professional contract. And she's a, a star in a, an absolute star in the making. You've obviously got people like Ivana Fuso, who needs minutes, but you know, mm -hmm. she's played two games in the Conti Cup. She scored two goals. You can't ask for for much more than that. I think the only negative side to the City game was the injury to Martha Thomas, um, but I, th I think we fully deserved the win. I think we, you know, as I said. City shut up shop very early on after they got a lead. And then we dominated, I think we dominated the game further forward from there. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was a very interesting match, and there were a lot of things that went down kind of unexpectedly, and both teams also had sort of ro- rotated lineups. Um, you know, um, finally, for City's sake, they're able to actually have a rotation uh, of sorts, um, it, you know, for this particular match. But let's look at, you know, looking at the United lineup, you had Thomas up front, uh, Fuso, Kerry Jones, Hansen uh, behind her, and then in Boa Risa starting with Staniforth, uh in the midfield in a back line of Atier, uh, Alfie, uh, Thorsetier, and Smith. And uh, Sophie Bagley starts in, a, starts in a cup, which you would expect for a backup goal, goalkeeper. Um, how many did you get right out of the, that uh, starting 11 for that one? Six. Wow. What we so um, you may not even remember <laughs> the, the ones that you didn't that you missed have, out on, but um, six. All right. Yeah, I think I, I think I had Zellim starting. Uh, I had um, Alessia Russo starting, and I had Tooney starting. I know that much. Okay. Um, and then I, th- I didn't have Honor starting. I had Hannah Blundell starting. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was most of them. I imagine someone like uh, ITA is someone that's very hard to leave out of a lineup sometimes. You know, I think she seems like one of those players who wants to play pretty much every game, but yeah. I imagine all players want to play every game. Yeah. Um, but she's kind of, I imagine she might be hard to keep out of a lineup sometimes. I, th- I think what's what's good about this current squad is that we've got some very good fullbacks. And, you know, Kirsty Smith, this is her first her first game of the season she started on, on last week. Um and she's a Scottish international. She's she's very she's one of you know when she gets a consistent run of games, you actually see how good she really is. But when you've got the likes of Hannah Blundell and Honor in front of her, it's it's very difficult for her to get into the team unless unless there's an injury. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I don't know how you can leave someone like Honor out. I think it must you know it's like leaving out Cristiano from the men's side, or or you know, or last night it did happen and he dropped Bruno. It's one of those where those are the kind of players who want to play every week. And Honor has that uh, energy where mm-hmm. you think she can play every week. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a difficult, it must have been a difficult decision. Yeah. And, but, you know, every player, you know, you you know, my, my philosophy is you, you can't play everyone all the time. Um, you've got to rotate when you can. And this was an opportunity to, to do so. I mean, on the city side, you know, the front line was, you know, Becky, Jess Park and Rasso. Um, and then uh, midfield of Coombs, Walsh and Losada. Um, and then the back line, which is the only part of the, the city's the city's lineup, they can't rotate because they don't, you know, they have so many injuries. Uh, Stokes, Greenwood, Mace, and Stanway. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, I don't know how you can rotate a third string goalkeeper. Um, so Tlaib had to play that game as well. So yeah, but but the rest of the, you know, they had you know essentially six rotated six out as well. Um, but the Lasada goal, you know, Lasada starts off the match with getting that goal in like the second, you know, minute. I, I feel like that was to me that was you know kind of a classic Lasada kind of goal. Um, and I don't think that was um, you know that was just a brilliant, I think a moment of brilliance from her. Your thoughts? Yeah, the the city started very quickly. And they put they put us under a little bit of pressure in the first ten to fifteen mm-hmm. minutes. They got the goal, um, and it was well hit. Uh, pr- pr- probably, I think we could have maybe defended it slightly better, but 
it's one of those where it was it was well hit and I don't think Sophie I think Sophie was maybe blocked from seeing it properly on its mm-hmm. way but it was yeah City City got the early goal but I also think that was a wake up call I know you know two minutes into the game it was kind of a wake up call I think for United as well to say you're not going to have it your own way um, and you're going to have to fight for us for this win but as I said before once they scored they didn't really put us under any much any much more pressure than than they were doing and they kind of went very defensive they kind of pushed everyone behind the ball um but yeah it was a good goal it was well taken and it, i can like i said it woke us up a bit more yeah i it, you know obviously you know i've always had the philosophy that whoever gets the first goal kind of changes the match and then they could they can dictate what happens how surprised were you that you know city decided at that point that you know, to kind of peel it back um, and go more defensive. I wasn't that surprised, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. um, if they win, they're almost guaranteed to top go through. Um, whereas we needed to win. I think it was two teams working from two different areas. We wanted to win because it was a Manchester derby. They obviously wanted to win as well because it was a Manchester derby, but I think for City, I think it, winning the Conti Cup is probably the Conti Cup is their best chance of mm-hmm. silverware this season. Obviously, the FA Cup hasn't started yet, but for right now, mm-hmm. I think that's what they'll be concentrating on. Um, so, no, I wasn't surprised that they went defensive. The, you know, most of their players that they had starting are defensively minded players anyway. So, yeah, like I said, it's not a shock what they did. That's all. I, I'll be honest and say that would that would not be a strategy I would have used after two minutes. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I mean, number one, I, I'm not. There, there's a time and a place for defensive football, and I mean, right after you score in two and the second minute is probably to me not the time. I thought that was kind of a not so very good strategy. Um, you know, to have. I kind of I do understand it. Um, you know, based on the circumstances and the context and the players on the field. But then at that point, what that did was it allowed for Manchester United to be able to then control play uh, and control possession, press really high, which is what they really wanted to do, which is really the roadmap to success with the city anyways at this point. Um, so what was, you mentioned earlier that Mark Skinner made some tinkers, moves, tinkering around, moved some players around. What did he do? So... What he, he he has this way of moving his forwards around. So mm-hmm. uh, Ivana and Carrie and Martha Thomas, they all rotated their positions. And I don't think it gave um, the City defenders, they didn't know who was going to be where. And the movement was 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 really good. Also, um, obviously, you had Wilder and, and, and Lucy Stan. And, and they were... If one went forward, the other one held, and, and vice versa. So they were getting in behind um, the city midfield, and then through to the city defence. So he it was it was lots of lots of little things that he changed, and it worked. You know, Ivana, her movement is it was it was brilliant. Carrie Jones, her, her movement was brilliant. Martha Thomas, she dropped deep to hold up the ball to play in the likes of. Carrie and Ivana and uh, Lucy and Vilda when she couldn't bring them into play. So yeah, there was there was 
what you know, there was lots of little tinkers, but they all seemed to work, and it kind of gave us confidence because I think City weren't sure what who was coming from where and what they were doing. Um, but tactically, I thought after they scored, he got his tactics spot on. Mm-hmm. It appeared that way because I mean, it did wake the, the United team up. They, you know, and you saw, you know, a, a much. You saw a much more energized squad. You saw a squad that also is you know, just putting a lot of pressure, really, really high line, uh, really trying to put pressure on on City, trying to play the ball out of the back. Um, and you know, it, you know, and I'm again going back to City's you know tactical strategy of, of going defensive. I mean, again, I understand it, but there are you know their bread and butter you know, for lack of a better term, is, you know, a, being a possession side, possessing the ball high lines uh, and getting the ball back and possessing it and so forth. And, and um, but going just pure defensive and, and almost letting United then dictate how the, how the tempo of the game was going to go. And for the next 25 minutes of that match, or at least the next 20 of that match after the first goal, United pretty much dictated the tempo. They dictated yeah. the pace. They dictated who was going to have the ball. They controlled the match match for the next 25 minutes up until uh and they got their goal uh to to even the score so you know talk about that second goal i mean uh Avana fuso um you know probably fans are very happy to see her on the pitch and very happy to see her you know get a goal uh with a christy hansen assist yeah i mean ivana's come to us when she well she signed last season she's come Mm -hmm. and she's become like kind of like a a bit of a folk hero. She's, <laughs> yes, yeah. That's she's coming with this, you know, because mm-hmm. she's she's a, she's Brazilian, and we're mm-hmm. expecting like the Brazilian flair. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, her first season, she was dogged by by major injuries. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it also helped. She had to settle in a new country. I know she'd come from. I think it was Switzerland where she played before us. So to settle in, I mean, I know she's good friends with Honor. I mean, most people would probably be good friends with Honor. Um, and she she needs games. And you know, she like I said, she's had two starts in the Conti Cup. She played against started against Durham. She started against City. She scored two goals. And mm-hmm. um, and her goal was 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 really well worked. You know. We talk most weeks about the likes of Kirsty Hansen and Leah about what mm-hmm. they're good at. And yep. if you look at that goal, you see what Kirsty Hansen is good at, and mm-hmm. um, it was a, it was a great finish from Ivana. It really was. She deserved that goal. I just want to see her now. If I'm being honest, push on, and and let's see mm-hmm. um, what she's really can do. Maybe put her into the WSL side, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was a great goal. It was great. It was great movement from both Ivana and Kirsty. So yeah, I mean, like you said, we deserve that that equaliser. And you know, there's no better time to score than just before half time because it gives us the momentum coming out into the second half, and it kind of cuts City off. So absolutely, a, a deserved equaliser. The, the goal, the build up to the goal, the movement for the goal, the finish. It was all brilliant and i it didn't seem to me though but what about from your vantage point it didn't really seem to me that united decided at that point at one one to let up at all they just kind of continued that continued what they were attempting to do yeah you know the one thing i i would say 
about United is we have tremendous movement off the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we City were happy to defend a 1-0 lead, but they were dropping further, you know, the, the more the game went on, they were dropping further and further back. And United were getting further and further forward at one point, I think with the exception of maybe Sophie Bagley, all 10 outfield players were playing inside the City half. And and City were just, you know, we were putting them under relentless pressure. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I know um, we were talking about in the, in the ground is, especially because it is the third choice goalkeeper, and her handling of the ball is, well, let's say it's not the best. That's, you know, being, that's being kind, Mark. Well, you know, well, you know, <laughs> that's being kind. It's a, it's a family show. I don't want to swear. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, is take shots at her because she's going to fumble the ball at some mm-hmm. point. She's going yeah. to make it. She's going to make it. And actually, the, the more pressure we put City under, the more you could see her starting to crack. She started mm-hmm. to make a few mistakes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but. As, you, as I said, I think from the minute we equalised until the end of the game, we just I thought we dominated the game. Yeah, I, I really just, yeah, I didn't see much life out of, um, you know, um, much life out of City after after that. Um, and it just seemed like it was a matter of time um, yeah. to me. It was a, I felt like it was a matter of time before that second goal was going to happen um, and so forth. But, um, you know, uh, Gareth, um, you know, our friend Gareth, um, you know, who wins another sack race, apparently, um, you know, um, he throws out at half, he throws in Ellen White, uh, in for, you know, uh, in front of Haley, uh, Haley Rasso, um, Ellen White, whose form with City has not been good, um, and um, throws her in there. Um, and then Hanson gets a yellow card, um, which was okay it's okay i guess um and then um you know um martha thomas gets injured um yeah. replaced by Alyssa russo um yeah. what's the status do you know the status of the of her injury at this point i i honestly i don't it looked to me like a rib injury at the time uh but i don't know she wasn't obviously she wasn't involved in the match day squad on sunday for against arsenal um I, I, I don't know. They've not they've not said anything. I think she's been taking part in training um, mm-hmm. this week while the okay. rest of them are on internationals. Um, but right. Yeah, she looks. I, I, I think she's all right. Um, and I, I, I'm going to go into a probably. I don't know if this is a controversial subject or not, but uh, but I want to talk about Maria Thorsett here. Yeah. And. I'm beginning to see that she might be a bit of a pressure point. Um, I, I'm not, I haven't been as impressed with her handling the ball as a center back as, you know, I would like to be. What do you, what, what are your thoughts? I think she's a very, very, very good defender. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the, the pressure of, the pressure shows on her. I think Sunday was a perfect example of that. I think some games she can just play through 90 minutes and not really mm-hmm. touch the ball or do any defending. I think, mm-hmm. but if you pressure, if you pressure her, I think there's probably a mistake in there waiting to happen. 
Uh, and I, I, I think she's done all right. I really do. I think she's played well. I think she's done all right in in most of the games. But I also think in the back of her mind, she knows that once Millie's properly 100% fit, she's the one that's going to make way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're yeah. not going to, you know, he's not going to drop Aoife. Mm-hmm. So I think she's the one who knows it, who's going to go. And I think when you look at some back at some of the goals that we've conceded, they've come mainly from her, either some of her mistakes, some of them, not all of them, some of them are, United's incompetence of defending set pieces, but I think if you pressure her when she's on the ball, she will make a mistake, and I think that's in the back of her mind sometimes. Yeah, and yeah, and that's unfortunate, um, you know, because I had a lot of very high hopes for her when she started, um, when she came over, um, and I think initially she started very well, and then, um, but I've noticed a couple of things with her, and one is, you know, is as you just mentioned, ball handling under pressure, um, and then secondly, there have been some times where, and I think this has also been um, somewhat epidemic of the, you know, of the defense at times is not being in the right place at the right time um, um, in terms of where she needs to be in terms of defending is concerned. I, I've, but her, the plus that I've seen is when she's defending one-on-one and she's, you know, on, you know, the person that she's marking and so forth, or trying to, to uh, dispossess uh, the ball from them and so forth. That's where I see her strength at. Um, that's where you see her at her best. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think one of the things that's gone unnoticed by some people, but may, you know, I think a lot of people have noticed is that uh, Maria plays usually as our left-sided centre-back. Right, and what, mm-hmm. and what Mark has done is he's put Hannah Blundell as the left back. Mm-hmm. Now Hannah and Maria are obviously played for Chelsea together, so they have that sort of an understanding. And when you look at defenders as a whole, you know, defenders understanding where each other is going to be is 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 of great importance. And obviously, Hannah's come in in the summer. And Maria came in last January, and I think there's that kind of having someone who you can trust next to you kind of takes it off. As a one-on-one defender, I've got no issues. Mm-hmm. It's when yeah. she's been isolated. I think yes. that's mm-hmm. the problem. But the other side, the other thing to it as well is when you've got Vilda in the team as well. Not only Vilda, and you've got Vilda who's who plays with her through. Norway, so mm-hmm. they have that understanding as well. And then you've got right. Hannah, and right. you, so you've got three. So she's surrounded by two players who who they know her game, she knows their game, and she knows mm-hmm. what to do. As a defender, you know we've all, you know, we've, she came in with this. This, you know, Casey brought her in to say this is the next level of centre back we, we kind of looked for at United. Mm-hmm. And I think because she didn't start straight away when Casey brought her in, because Casey was never going to drop Amy and Millie, it was never going to mm-hmm. happen. No, and she played, no. and she played Maria as a right back, which you know she wasn't. You know, no disrespect, she was she wasn't any good at that. It's not her natural position, and it showed. I think she lost a lot of confidence, and footballers thrive on confidence. It's something that everyone always talks about, and I think 
Mark Skinner's playing in her natural position. And I think mm-hmm. you're now going to be seeing the best of her as a one-on-one defender, but you're seeing the worst of her when she's under pressure because she doesn't know, you know, she's she's got all these things around her that she thinks about in the back of her mind. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And, and but also, you know, in her defense, so uh, in the times where I've seen those mistakes were against, you know, really top scale level offensive players and you know big teams um that you know that that look for those pressure points and and you know um you know you've seen you saw that with Chelsea you know they know her so um so they know Blondell um so it's like well you know they know you know and they know what to do um so there's that there's that part of it too yeah and and on Sunday on the Sunday Arsenal isolated it because they could see they could see they, that. And, they clearly did. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it was a great tactical side. It was tactically very good from Arsenal to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got to, you know, she, she's an international. She's going to, she she's going to get all this criticism. And, you know, I like to see her the way to play the way she can play as a one-on-one defender. I don't think there's anyone really that much better. Mm-hmm. But, you isolated. We're in. I think we're in trouble sometimes. So um, my favorite moment of um, the match, I'll, I'll get to in a moment. Um, but uh, the the substitutions, uh, and it's fun to have five, be able to have five substitutions because uh, in the 66th minute, come uh, come up comes out Ella Toon and Leah Galton. Um, ten minutes later, City counters with uh, moving uh, Lasada out with Engeldahl, um, and then in the seventy seventh, putting out Blundell and Zellum. Um, you know that, that was. I feel like at that point, Mark, that Skinner was attempting to just say, you know what, we're going to throw out our best players to win the game. Um, you know, we're going to, you know, just throw them out there for the last half hour. Well, actually less than that, um, you know, 15 to 30, 25 minutes, uh, to just fit, to win this game. Uh, I think that was the plan, um, all along. Um, and it kind of worked out. Um, so, uh, some, you know, key, key subs there. Yeah. And um, I think it was with the game coming up on Sunday, I think he wanted to get a bit of mm-hmm. miles into everyone's legs. Um, yeah, exactly. But right. we were, you know, going down the, the the flanks, going down the width. I think you know, I you understand why it brings on Leah. Um, mm-hmm. Katie was yep. one of the weird ones for me because I think I yeah. thought we dominated the middle of the park. I didn't really see the need for it, but you know, I, I understood it. Um, I, yeah, and I thought Mark Mark saw it. You know, we were dominating it, and as I said, we I think. I, I don't know how your city contributor is going to talk about it, but I think there's only one team that was going to win that game, and that was that was us. Um, Ellen White, when she came on, I can I can hardly remember her touching the ball, to be honest. Um, right, she gets she was, right. She has she, that, she got no service at all. Yeah, and she was that isolated as well because right. she was. So yeah, the substitutions, with the exception of maybe the Zelly one. I understood all of them, but like I said, with Arsenal coming, was with Arsenal on the horizon. Yeah, he, he had to. He wanted to put miles in in everyone's legs. The, so my goal of this, my favorite moment, and it's going to be my favorite moment uh, for a while, is that Ona Batier goal. Um, yeah. 
I, I just, I mean, describe that to me, uh, you know, uh, what that was like, because that showed every bit of why I think Ona Batier is the best player on this team to me. Um, I mean, that just showed it all in that, that little moment right there, which wasn't so little because it ended up being the winning goal. Yeah. And um, it's actually, you, you're running, you start to run out of superlatives about her. Yeah, she, exactly. Yes. She doesn't she doesn't know when she doesn't know when to stop and, and you know, she was she played a, you know, she played as one of the fullbacks and she's the furthest first she's she was the furthest forward, she got a goal, and the passion that came out mm-hmm. after that goal, it was pure emotion. Um, and it showed what it it meant to mm-hmm. to her. Uh I I I'm hopeful that she's gonna sign a new deal with us soon. Because mm-hmm. if we let her go, then I think we're in in major trouble. Yeah, um, and I think I think also United has not even reached the the tip of the you know beyond the tip of the iceberg with her and her her abilities um, because she's she's getting better and better and better. Yeah, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm you know we're we've got two very very good fullbacks, mm-hmm. and this is what I was saying before. The, the likes of Kirsty Smith can't get into the starting eleven, and Kirsty Smith will probably have to become a bit part player this season because the likes of Hannah and Honor, and the fact that you've got a fullback, full backs who like to get into the opposition penalty area, who like to score goals, and can finish the way Honor finished on Wednesday night because she made that goal herself. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. purely on her and. I hope she stays for a long time. And I'd like to think the club are already in discussions with her to stay. Um, I mean, you know, the one of the, you know, talking about the, you know, I was talking to somebody, I, I, you know, I was talking with someone um, who is a member of the um, supporters club for Manchester United in Atlanta. uh, And, um, and I, he was talking to me about the women's team and, and, you know, was very happy that I was, you know, talking, you know, talking about the women's team and so forth. And I, and I mentioned to him that I felt like the, the business that the women's team does is better than the business that's done by the men's side, because, you know, I think on the women's side, they've done a very good job locking people down in terms of the, you know, Carrie Jones getting a new contract, um, Ella Toon getting a new contract, um, you know, just locking down the top players. And you've got to think, based on that alone, that Batier has got to be on the list of we need to lock her down for a couple more years. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I think what United are doing in in a very positive way is influencing the women's game and especially the contracts of players. Like you mentioned, Carrie Jones, mm-hmm. she just signed her first professional contract. Right. Ella Toon right. signed an extension to 2025. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, these kind of lengths of contracts, they're not known in the women's game. I know last week, whilst we were doing our referee round table, the news came out that um, uh, Sam Kerr, she just signed a, a new two-year deal to uh, Chelsea. And now contracts are now starting to get longer instead of shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's very common in the women's game is a, a one-year deal. One-year we'll deal, yeah. But you know, the, you know, I'm hopeful there's a list of United players on the women's side that are going to be talking about new long-term deals. The likes of Millie Turner, Jackie Gronin, obviously Tooney signed her long-term mm-hmm. deal. Uh, Alessia Russo, 
you know, just to make sure we, we've got a foundation for the next two to three years when the team evolves into something more. And, and you know, Mark mentioned that at the end of at the end of the Arsenal game. So if we can get longer term deals for the likes of Carrie Jones and Ella Toon and Jackie Gronin and, and Alessia mm-hmm. Russo mm-hmm. And, and Leah Goldson and Kirsty Hansen to name just a few. Mm-hmm. We're in a good place. And because you need that stability, you need that, that Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I'm happy to see those long-term contracts, you know, it's, I'm like, I'm, you know, um, you know, uh, and, and I don't consider a one-year deal to be a lockdown, <laughs> you know, when you lock a yeah. player away, that's on a one, that's not a one-year deal. One-year yeah. deal, you, you, you sign a contract for two, three, four years yeah. uh, down the line. And, um, and, and, and I think that's, I really like the, that type of business that's being done by United in that respect, uh, locking down key players, uh, that are the really core spine of the team, so to speak, um, and so forth. So, you know, solid win for, you know, obviously a deserved win, uh, an important win, I think, um, you know, when, anytime you beat your Derby rival, um, in any match, don't care where it is, where, what, le- what league it is. It does not matter. It's a Derby. Yeah. Know, any, any win against city is, is awesome. And it's important. I think it's important for Mark Skinner. I mean, it was important for the team. I think it gives them a boost of confidence. And then I was hoping that that confidence would go into this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah. I'm not sure that it did though. So let's talk about Arsenal. And and, and I, I will say though, in in um, United's defense, I mean they are playing against Arsenal. You know they are the top side in the league, um, and so forth. But you know we had talked last week that essentially Arsenal kind of gave us a roadmap of how to at least neutralize them. And I'm not sure that that's what Mark Skinner used. What are your thoughts? Um, to go from the highs of beating City to what we saw on Sunday, it was two uh, two very different sets of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first forty five minutes, we we yes, Arsenal uh, dominated. They made chances. They had corners. They had, but they weren't really putting us under much pressure. And going in at nil nil at half time, you were saying, "Well, that's half a job done. Let's mm-hmm. keep it tight mm-hmm. for you know 15, 20 minutes into the second half, and then let's go for it." Um, I thought Arsenal played within themselves. I don't think during the first half, like I said, they dominated the play. At, and as much as they put us under pressure, none of the pressures were. I, 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 none of them really made Mary work. There were shots over the bar. There was corners mm-hmm. which were cleared. Um, so for forty-five minutes, I was quite happy. I think after that, though, kind of their dominance and their and their better. I don't, I don't want to say better standard of players, but some of their better players became more influential. You know, the bringing on of Jordan Nobbs um, mm-hmm. at, at half-time, uh, for, uh, it, was, it was a big move. And mm-hmm. our bench, we had players on the bench that are just not fit enough. You know, we had the likes of Millie 
Millie on the bench who who, mm. who wasn't fit and, and Hayley Ladd who wasn't fit to play. So our bench was majorly depleted and I think they're they they had the better players and and yeah at, at the end of the day they deserved the win. They they scored two two pretty good goals. I'm angry with the first goal especially I think Mary might have done better. Um, but uh, the, the other thing that I know we'll, we'll end up probably talking about is United's passing on the day. I thought in part it was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Mark tried as many things as he could mm-hmm. to influence the game. And I, I just don't think it was working, unfortunately. Yeah, I... Um... You know, one of the things I remember talking with Josh about it, and he was genuinely worried about this match because he was worried that because that due to United's higher level of quality than some of the other opponents, uh, i.e., like a Tottenham from uh, on the papers on paper standpoint, that that if United followed the same type of roadmap that to- that Tottenham did, that Arsenal was going to be in a bit of trouble. Um, you know, because our you know United does press; they press high. They can, you know, frustrate and fluster and, you know, and so forth, you know, if they choose to. And I just didn't see that happen. You know, I didn't see that happen. I saw kind of bits and pieces of that and attempts to do that in the first half, but it just didn't seem to to, to click. I, I Was there like a change? And was there, a, you, I guess from what you're saying, though, was that, you know, um, Arsenal came back after the half and, you know, their top players then just stepped up. I mean, you know, um, I mean, what did you see that the shift happen there? I, I think one of the things that I was probably a little bit overcritical about at the game was him playing Tooney as a false number nine when Alicia right. Russo's on the pitch and Alicia mm-hmm. was out on the right-hand side, I think I, I, I might have been a bit overcritical of that at times. I, I don't know. I think sometimes, and I, I, we were talking about this after the game, I think, and we've talked about it before, sometimes I think there's a mental block with United when they play the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's and the Cities that I think there's a maybe something inside of them that thinks they can't beat them. Now we beat mm-hmm. them last year, right. late, and but obviously then we had, I, I, and I just don't know. I I, I don't know what it was, and I, I can't put my finger on it. We during the first half, I was overall happy with the first half because you know we went in nil nil, mm-hmm. but then the Chelsea Brill, you know the Chelsea squad. Uh, sorry, the Arsenal squad, sorry. They've got better players right now than us. And we've got, you know, Martha Thomas was out injured. She could have been an option. Hayley Ladd's just come back from, from an illness. I don't think she could have she would have played. Millie, I think she was only on the bench for the sake of being on the bench. And right. then you're bringing on someone like Carrie Jones, who, mm-hmm. with the greatest of respect to her, She's not. I don't think she can influence that kind of game yet. I think she will do in time, and I think she's got a really good career. I, I, so overall, I was disappointed with elements of the game mm-hmm. and the way Mark 
kind of tinkered here and there and not make it, you know, he tinkered, but he, the tinkering wasn't really changing anything. It was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moving yeah. people into a, you know, go five paces inwards and, and stuff like that. Which, which he, you know, uh, it's, you know, in his defense, though, you know, that's what he's been doing all season is, is moves like that. And then times it's going to work and sometimes it's not going to work. Um, but the key, you know, one of the things, the key numbers I, I when I was speaking to Josh about, you know, the Tottenham match, the key number for me in that match. And, and please, y'all don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong what I'm about to say. I'm not advocating, I'm not waking up violent for, with violence, okay? But my point is this, the key number in the Tottenham match was 22. That is the number of fouls that Tottenham committed against Arsenal. Why? Because they were very, very physical. They were very physical. They got right up into their face. They were not intimidated by the, the names on the backs of the jerseys. They were not intimidated by the badge in front. They were not intimidated by Arsenal whatsoever. They were very physical. And yeah, they committed a whole bunch of fouls and that could have backfired on them a whole big time. United committed, and again, I'm not advocating violence, but I'm advocating more physicality. I'm advocating more pressing, tighter pressing, tougher pressing. And I think there, were, there was a bit of a hesitancy to do that. Um, from a game plan. Um, and I understand that, you know, but Tottenham, who clearly doesn't, I mean, Tottenham, I'm sorry, on paper, United's team is better than Tottenham's team is, but that's how Tottenham Tottenham plays. And I know that's not how United necessarily want to play, but when you're trying to knock off the best team in the league, you have a roadmap and that was a roadmap. I didn't see that. I didn't see enough of it. In my opinion, United committed only 12 fouls to four on Arsenal. Um, and I'm not using that. I, I guess in a way I am using it as a barometer, but my point in this is, is that I think, um, I think in a way United gave Arsenal too much respect. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, we're not the most physical team right now. I think if you put Hayley Ladd into that team, it might've been different. Um, Arsenal are the top of the league for a reason right now. They're scoring bags of goals. They're not conceding as many. They were out. They were without, in my opinion, their best defender mm-hmm. right. in Leah Williamson. Yep. And, and that may have had an effect on the game plan. Yeah. You know, to be um, maybe a little bit more offensive and try to, you know, pressure that back line and so forth. But, um, but you know, Arsenal is also a pretty deep squad. Yeah. And the one thing I think we lack is that physical presence in the middle of the park. Katie Zellum, with the greatest respect to her, she's not, you know, she's not going to go in and, and tackle the way a, a Hayley Ladd will. I don't think Vilda Vilda is is in the same in the same vein. Lucy Stan, she's got it in her to 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 put her foot in and make a tackle. Tooney um, definitely has. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I agree. I think. We, we, we duck too many tackles on Sunday when we could have maybe stopped them. Um, and it, whether that's down to the players in the man, in their own mindset or the manager saying, stay on your feet, don't go to ground, uh, that I don't know. But we definitely lack or are lacking right now that physical presence in the centre of the, of the field. Now, from a stats standpoint, interestingly enough, though, you know, um, United had 30, you know, uh, had 30 tackles 
um, in the match. Um, you know, the top tacklers on the team were kind of folks you just mentioned were, um, you know, Staniforth had six, Lundell had six, uh, Batier had five, Leah Galton had four. Um, and, but here's the thing, tackles one, there's a huge gap. And what I mean by, you know, in, in terms of that respect, that Arsenal had 17 tackles, United had 30, but tackles one were even at 14. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of speaks to your point of, yeah, yeah, they may be able to, they certainly obviously did tackle, but in terms of winning those tackles, it was even, and, you know, Staniforth and Blundell had, you know, five and four respectively, and everybody else had one, um, you know, one, one tackle in, to me, that probably makes a, makes a significant difference there. Um, in terms of pressures, um, you know, it's Staniforth and Russo had the most successful pressures in the match, um, you know, going forward. So, um, I, so I see, I, obviously I do see your point, you know, is the, the personnel and the type of game that they can play, um, you know, on the pitch is, you know, is indicative of, you know, yeah, we're going to have to, are we going to be able to play, you know, stuck in or not, um, and be successful at that, um, and so forth. Um, so how many did you get in this lineup? I'm not going to go through the lineup for sake of time, but but how did how many did you get on that one? I can't remember. I think it was probably nine or ten. Nine or ten. Um, and so we, we spoke about we've already spoken about Maria already, and and this is where we saw her. Just to mention earlier, y'all, that we talked about how she was isolated, um, and. I think that's what teams are going to do against her. They're going to sit there and try to, if they can, they're going to try to isolate her um, and so forth as a, as a weak point. I would, um, I would certainly do that. Um, and uh, so Minima gets, you know, gets a goal. She now has a goal against every WSL side um, um, and so forth. We talked about her goal. Um, uh, you mentioned, and then the penalty, um, your thoughts on that penalty? Um, it was a penalty. There's, there's no other way around it. You can, when it was given, we were in, obviously we were there and people going, no penalty, no penalty. So as usual, we all get our phones out, go onto the BBCI player and we're all there going, no, oh, it's a penalty. Um, last ditch tackle had to be made. Um, I've got no real issue with it. It was, if, I'd have more of an issue if the player didn't go for the tackle and let her walk through. Right. Um, yeah. At least they try to do something. And, and you're always on the cusp of things. If if you make the tackle, great. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah. don't, you're, you know, you're going to give away a penalty. So, uh, you know, it was a penalty. They would, without being, hor- you know, without being horrible to United, I probably think Arsenal would have scored a second without the penalty anyway. Um, yeah. But, it, would appear, you know, it would appear that way, yeah. It, it, it would definitely, yeah, definitely appear that way. It was a penalty. The referee, you know, following our conversation from last week, the penalty, the referee gave the right decision. It was a penalty. There's, there's no argument from, from me anyway. There'll probably be arguments from others, but mm-hmm. um, no. It, yeah, right. I, I had no argument with it. Um, it was just disappointing to see happen, but uh, you know, I had no argument with that. Um, you know, we talked about uh, you know. Um, you know, United only got four shots off. Yeah, to fifteen. You know, yeah. Arsenal had fifteen shots. Now, granted, they only had three of them on target. Um, yeah, but you know, four shots on target the whole, four shots the whole match and only one on target. 
Um, you know, I, I think that's the side the side of Arsenal that people seem to forget sometimes is they are pretty solid on defense. Um, yeah. But against uh, this United side with the often offensive forwards that they've got, and maybe it was a mistake to, um, you know, have with, you know, Russo up front and then Ella in a false nine slot. She was kind of all over the place, but she wasn't getting the service. Um you know, I, I really don't know, but but going back to a point you just you mentioned as well, the passing was just not. It, it just it was loose. I mean, I, that maybe a harsh term, but maybe uh, all right, seventy three percent passing. Um, you know that that was I, I, too many giveaways there. Yeah, I don't know what it is recently with the passing. Um, we usually a very good passing team. We've got some very good players of the ball who who are comfortable with the ball at the feet. And I don't know what it is. The last, the Tottenham game, it wasn't great. Um, and then City wasn't great. Yeah, and on, on Sunday, I thought it was probably the worst I've seen for, mm-hmm. for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can't, I don't know why. I, 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 I really can't put my finger on why the passing is gone from, being really good, at, I think, at the start of the season, you know, the, the passing against Reading, I think, was was really good. The game against Birmingham, our passing was was brilliant. Um, and then I think from Chelsea onwards, it's kind of slid down a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think some of the players are, are putting a, probably a, a bit too much pressure upon themselves. Yeah, I agree. I I completely agree with that. I I what I've seen, that's what I saw. Um, I saw a team that was being a little bit impatient, um, a little bit stressed, um, you know, sometimes even trying maybe too hard, um, you know, and, you know, because I saw and I see what, what I've been seeing is just sort of press is stressing too much about it. Um, because in my philosophy in life is, is, is twofold. <laughs> well, I have a lot of philosophies on life though, by the way, as people who know me know, but here's one of them. One of them is if you try too hard not to make a mistake, you're going to make a mistake. Um, and that's what I've been seeing that too. Um, and I've seen just kind of mental lapses, just mental lapses, just poor timed passes, you know, passes that are, that are just a touch late or touch off. And you didn't, and you're right. We didn't see that at the beginning of the season, where they were very crisp, they were direct, they were accurate, they were on, you know, timed correctly, and so forth. And just things are just a step off, you know, um, and um, that's an issue. But I want to bring up another issue. As we know, the game ended in two 0 And for for the see the sake of time, and we're going to go into the international break. And you know, we have the international break coming up. But I'm already seeing hashtag Skinner out. I'm seeing hashtag Zellum out. What's the story with that? Is that, I mean, is that the, that minority of United fans that just are not satisfied with anything that happens or, or what's the deal with that? I, I mean, um, because I just was kind of curious because we had mentioned last season, you know, at, at the sign of, of, you know, of losses that, you know, of disappointing losses is immediately fans go out and be like, Casey out, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's both Zellum, who has gotten a lot of criticism yeah. um, from from United fans and elsewhere, and then Skinner, who and and uh, you know, or you know, and I saw a lot of Skinner out and Zellum out together as hashtags. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, what's the story there? Um, well, 
I, I suppose from from for a lot of United fans, Mark Skinner isn't the person they wanted to get the United job. And I think a lot of people have been unimpressed with with what he's done whilst he's been at the club. Um for me on the other hand, I'm looking at I look at it the other way. He came in he was announced very late when pre-season had already started mm-hmm. um, and he's he's given every player a chance, I think. He's given mm-hmm. most of the players a chance. And he kind of said it after the, the game on, on Sunday. We now need to recruit and um, bring in some better players. I also think some of the players we've currently got there they need to go out on loan because they, they need to they need time. The likes of Ivana, you know, she mm-hmm. needs she's played what well, I think it was so it's 180. She's not even played two full games because she came off early against Durham with an injury. So I think she needs minutes. I think the likes of you know a Martha Harris, she needs minutes. So I think Mark Skinner's been fair to everyone. He's given everyone a chance, and I think now. He can go out and recruit in the January transfer window. With the likes, with regards to Katie, look, not every person is going to like a Katie Zellum. She's she's either really really good or she's really really bad. She's she's always one or the yeah. other. She's never mm-hmm. she's never in between. And you know, if you go back to the game on Sunday against Arsenal, there was a ball played over the top and, and Zelly ran into the box. And she mm-hmm. just, you know, if she could have controlled it better, she would have had a shot on target and maybe it would have been a goal. It would have been different. People don't like her for, for you know, I there's people who are in the SC who don't like her. I know mm-hmm. the, you know, I don't know like that. Don't like her as captain or don't like her as a player or both, though? Both. Okay. And, and, and I think what's important and what's what you you know she's the club captain Casey you know after Alex Greenwood left Casey made the option of who to be captain now I'll be honest I didn't think Zelly was captain material there's a part of me that still doesn't but I respect the fact that she is the club captain mm-hmm. I would have personally gone for someone like Millie Turner at the time mm-hmm. possibly Katie Zellum, you know, we, we talked about it last week when, you know, her passing was awful. And, you know, like I said just before, she's either really, really good or really, really, really bad. Really bad. But yeah. there's no one else right now. You know, Jackie's out injured. Hayley Ladd is recovering from an injury. So mm-hmm. Katie Zellum has to play whether we, we like it really or not because she's our next best defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I think people are uh, sometimes a little bit harsh on Katie because she's not at the, the performance levels that we were in the championship. She's dropped way below that to, to, a, to a lot of people. I personally think she's good. She's good enough. She, she is that player. I mean, I know that there's a guy who stands with us who... He is Katie Zellum's, one of Katie Zellum's biggest fans, and she can't do wrong. He will admit she's made a mistake, but mm-hmm. in his eyes, she can't do wrong. I think 
right now there is a, a clear divide on in the fan base worldwide about the team, about the squad, about mm-hmm. the manager, about where we are going, for, where we're trying to go forward. And, you know, we say, I said it to you, Keith, on the very first show come back this season. Mark Skinner's got his excuses. It's not my team. It's still mm-hmm. Casey's. I've not brought in a player yet. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not going to judge him until he's brought in some of his own players. And then I'll, I'll make my judgment. But right now, we've played eight league games. We're, we're fifth in the league or sixth, whatever we are. Mm-hmm. And we've done well in some games. We've not done well in others. So, I, you know, what, uh, what else can we say? Yeah, and I, I the the thing that flashed in my mind, you know, when you said these are not his players and, and is and hasn't brought in anybody, um, you know, hasn't let anyone go, um, you know, that wasn't already going to go, um, anyways, um, and so forth. I, I kind of, it, I kind of had the, this analogy to American college football because you have these situations that in American football and college, and, and a lot of you out there know this is that. You have one team and then they change their coach and then you bring in another coach and then they go on and, and, and uh, you know, they win the championship with the new coach. But these are but none of those players were recruited by the new coach. <laughs> and so but the new coach gets all this credit for winning. <laughs> but they, those weren't their players either. And yeah. the same thing happens in reverse. If the coach comes in and they start, you know, disappointing and so forth, the coach does have a bit of an excuse to look back and say, well, I didn't recruit these these folks. I didn't bring these yeah. folks in. Come on. I got my own system and so forth. And that's why you have to be really, really, really patient with managers in these situations where, you know, you have a manager that's coming in and picking up where someone else left off, picking up with the transfers that the previous manager put in place, the, you know, the ins and outs done already. And you come in and you have to pick up the squad and you have your own system, your own way of doing things. Um, you have own types of players you, you prefer over other types of players. And you have to have some patience with that. And for people to be impatient with that is bit suspect to me um i think there there are fans out there of every single top side in the world who have fans out there who are going to be you know who are who are you know path- i'm not pathetic <laughs> some of them are sorry but um they are um but who could be really impatient but i think they're impatient for the wrong reasons and i think sometimes they're impatient to get clicks and i think they're impatient to get a get an audience um to instead of really truly being patient because if you really thought about it rationally it makes zero sense to say out with a manager after you know a third of the season goes by that's really ridiculous you know um to me um now going to katie's alum i understand and i think you're you're excellent point and i in I, I see her as a player with in not in her true position. Yeah. I have seen her at her best in a more offensive midfield role. And she's not playing an offensive midfield role. She's playing a defensive midfield role. And that's where the, the dissonance and the cognitive dissonance comes in play with her. And that's why it's up and down. Um, and because, you know, it's like, wait a minute, I got to think like a DM. I'm not a center midfielder. 
I'm not an attacking midfielder. I'm not an advanced playmaker. I am a defensive midfielder, which means I'm more of an anchor. Um, I'm anchoring the midfield as opposed to being a part of the forward move. And she wants to be a part of the forward move. That's what she's used to doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, know, I I think the move started to change with under Casey. I think Casey started to move further back. Um, But, you know, going back to the, to the fan base, just for a minute, you, you know, last season, we were top of the league this time last year. Yep. But, did anyone really? Th- I mean, I know. I, I mean, I do know there was people out there who thought we were going to win the league and going then into the Champions League and dominate Europe for the next however many years. Realistically, let's be honest, that that was never going to happen. Right. But, but last year, you know, we had the likes of Tobin and Kristen Heath in that team in that squad. Mm-hmm. We haven't, you know, we haven't got them now. We haven't, re- and you can't replace a Tobin Heath or or a Kristen Press. It's you know. You can't do that um, in the in right now because obviously the NWSL last season was curtailed because of the worldwide pandemic. Mm-hmm. The pandemic, so right. the only league that was running was the European leagues. Mm-hmm. So we yes, we were in a false position last year, and I think a lot of people saw that and they went, "Oh my God, we're first, we're going to win it all," and then we dropped to fourth. We went from. You know, the first week of January, we went from first to second, then second to fourth, and that's and that's where we stayed. And our form just dipped last year. Mark has an Mark has the the capability of building a very good squad, and I think under Casey last year, there was a very good set of individuals. I think Mark mm-hmm. is trying to build a team ethos. Mm-hmm. Now, some players like that, some players won't. Some players will like to be an individual player. I I fully get that, but. What I, I liked about Mark is what he came out and said after the Arsenal game. We need now to recruit and we need to recruit a better standard of player. Now, I think what Casey brought in, the you know, Hannah Blundell, I think she's been really, really good. I think she's been one of our blessed players this season. Aoife, again, rock-solid rock defender. Vilda, look, she's only played a handful of games. I, I don't think we can judge Vilda yet on, on, right. on anything. Martha Thomas, she's been unfortunately she's been injured more than she's played. Again, I, I don't think you can judge her. But the rest of the squad, they know each other, and they they, they should know that. And I, I, I think what needs to happen is Mark needs to now put his foot into the group and say, "These are now my players coming in, and this is what's going to happen." And mm-hmm. I think until that happens, you're going to get the likes of the fan base saying Skinner out, and you know maybe. In many people's opinions, Katie Zellum needs to be dropped for a few games. Maybe she needs that mm-hmm. to be reset because, you know, we've got some very good midfielders. You know, we've got Lucy mm-hmm. Stan, Hayley Ladd, Vilda, obviously. You know, Jackie's currently injured. So, but Jackie Gronin is a shoe to come back into that starting 11 once she's fully fit. Right. So, there's, for, for me, I would take her maybe out of the limelight for a couple of games. You know, we've got a Conti Cup game. Um, I think it's a week on Sunday, the 5th, is our next mm-hmm. game. Just take her out of it. Just just leave her out of the limelight. And, and then get through to the Christmas period. You know, we've got, mm-hmm. I think, four games. Two of them mm-hmm. are which are Conti Cup games. Yep. We, play Bright, we play Brighton away and we play Villa at home. For me, 
you know, you don't need to play Katie Zellum in all of those games. You can drop her. You, you've got, you know, with the greatest of respect to, to Leicester, we should beat Leicester without a Katie Zellum in that team. We should beat her. You know, the Brighton game is an interesting one, obviously, but that's further down the line. And then you've got Everson. And it could all mm-hmm. be, this, the Conti Cup games could all be decided by the time you get to there anyway. Yep. So for me, maybe I would take Katie out. I mean, it was he, he subbed her on Sunday, so he's not afraid to make a big decision when he has to. So maybe take her out and see where we are after that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Mark, thank you so much. Great insights. Um, as usual, yes, uh, Lester is coming up on the 5th. Uh, in the League Cup, and then back to the WSL with Brighton a week later, um, and then uh, Everton um, midweek League Cup, and then after that, Aston Villa uh, back in the WSL. Um, And at that point, we'll know about what's going to happen with the Conti Cup going forward um, by that time. So, but thank you very much for, thank you very much, Mark, for joining us again Um, and take care of yourself and so forth. Great times. And uh, for everyone else out there, again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. If you're watching or listening to this on on Thursday or Friday or whenever, just happy Thanksgiving to you and, and, you know, Happy holiday season coming up for everybody. Uh, Smash a like on the video. Please also um, share on your social media. Please remember to subscribe. All of those fun things and so forth. Um, We're going to coming out later. Also later today, we're going to have Josh talk about the Arsenal side of the story. Um, So he's got a lot to say about Arsenal and and moving forward. Um, And um, we'll go from there. And at some point we'll talk to, we'll go back to Manchester City and see where they're at. So meantime, take care of everybody and uh, have a good one.